0: Four Pines-owned Brookvale Union's Grapefruit Seltzer. Use of the word boozy promotes drinking significant amounts of alcohol, and that was dismissed.
1: But it was upheld in the Brews News newsroom. <laughs> boozy should never be used applied for a My product that you want to be taken seriously boozy. in the marketplace.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of this. And this, if memory serves me correctly, is Brews News Week. And but who's this? Who, 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 who,
2: who, who, who <laughs> is this random man on the <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just at my computer screen, and a Skype call came up. I just randomly answered it and um, started reading from a script. <laughs>
2: So professional. Good to be back.
0: It's only been it's only been two weeks. Felt but like I, way I, I, longer. I don't know if you can tell. There's there's a lot more clarity in the call because uh, there is no giant uh, twisted willow um, blocking the sun <laughs> at the uh, at the Pilsner household at the moment. So no, we did have to yeah had to had to remove a a tree. Which um, and for all the greenies out there are getting their knickers in a twist. Uh, it was it's a weed and it had to go, and it was getting into the stormwater and the sewer. So yeah, it's gone uh, to but be replaced with in, something much more suitable. But more
1: importantly, Pete, how are you? How is the family? And and how is uh, things in renewed lockdown?
0: Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, um, you know f- spending quality family time together. <laughs> Very, <laughs> diplomatic. <laughs> yeah. Very
1: diplomatic. Very how, diplomatic. How's homeschooling going?
0: Yeah, uh, you no, know, homeschooling's fine. It's all good. Yeah. So the, the little one complains because I make her do more work than her teachers do when she's at school. But um, oh, we, yeah, we have an incentive-based side. program. She, yeah. uh, I don't know if, if you guys have up there, uh, if you're familiar with Char Time. I think, I think it's called Char Time, which is you know one of these little um, kiosks in the food court that does plastic cups of strange flavoured coloured liquid of a tea-based variety that the kids seem to like. Is um, bubble tea? And my bubble tea? Yeah. yeah, bubble tea. You can't you can, you can put bubbles in it. Yeah, it's, it's that kind <laughs> of thing. Um, but, yeah, she's just discovered that they deliver. Uh-oh. Uh, so she's been missing her, her char time pick. So I've said a, they get a, a two-week uh, package of, um, you know, booklets of work. So I said, well, you know, if you can get it all done uh, with two days to spare – um, then I'll get you a home delivered chart time. So it, it's in, Incentive based learning.
2: Exactly.
0: Teachers
1: don't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, because they don't get paid enough. It, anyway.
0: the, the secret to the carrot and the stick is you just need a big enough stick. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, we, I'm glad you're back there. Yeah, it does yeah. make things. It does make things difficult, and they're, mm. they're they're um they're being legends at the moment, and um, rearranging their schedule and getting the girls up early and everything, and um, quarantining them in a in the in the panic room, so that we can record without me having to uh, keep hitting the mute
1: button. <laughs> well, let, let, let's get on with the news and uh, make sure that you can let the family out.
0: Yes, that's, uh, that's it. And, and and Claire, you've got to get to school anyway, don't you? So
2: I don't actually. I have a half term, which I've been told is not the correct terminology for it. Mid semester, whatever.
0: Well, half a term is is like if it's if it's six six weeks term, it means you're mm. three weeks in.
2: Yeah, half term. Apparently, yeah, I was there's, wrong there's, saying
0: it doesn't that. doesn't suggest though, a holiday. Right. You're on holidays, is Yeah, I'm on know. holidays. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Mind you, I like I, I like the way university tries to justify its existence by you know, <laughs> having all these weird. T- you, no, you just, you just time off. <laughs>
1: It's just time off. Oh, for a second there, I thought you were, I, I thought you were about to say it doesn't matter what you call it. It's, it's just it's just a holiday. And this is the guy that will die in the ditch over the you know over Queenslanders calling battered potato a potato scallop, and. That didn't. is quite weird, though. I'm
0: <sighs> <let you> know. <laughs> no, <Just okay>. saying. <laughs> and don't get me started on schnitties and palmies. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so apparently, there's been some news. There's uh, been a lot of news. There's been a
2: lot. We've been so busy. It's not. Well, our, okay. first,
0: our first story of the day, of course, is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, oh, God. Brew. Um, it's not, it's not that they can't make enough of their own beer, they need to have somebody <laughs> else making it for them. A brew signs contract brewing agreement. Beleaguered brewer, brew, the brew. I always come up announced... with
2: imaginative ways to describe
0: yeah. them. <laughs> I, I like the way you called him a brewer. Um, a brew announced to the ASX this morning that it has signed a contract brewing agreement with Company United Breweries. According to the announcement, CB will produce and package brew premium lager and Australian draft beers, including technical brewing recipes and packaging artwork. So they're making their beer. They're outsourcing. Well,
1: that's mate, This is We're fascinating. Shocked, so you know, like, the, we looked
2: at each other like, "What is the, the,
1: going on?" This is actually <laughs> news from yeah. Brew. In, in, you know, oh it's, it, it's not just reporting on their declining financial state and how their CEO is further diluting shareholders' value by selling off his own shareholding. This is just bizarro world. You get this media release that says Brew signs you know contract arrangement with CUB. And, you sort of think, and when you read it, you go, well, he's just contract brewing. He's getting his made by beer made by CUB. And our assumption was that it was just at Laverton, the same way that, you know, because Laverton is now part of CUB. And um, it's
2: smaller than a lot of their other breweries, isn't it, Laverton?
0: Yeah, it, it yeah, it, it, well, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's the one we used to call the say it started out as United distillers I think U- United oh, distillers okay. and it the he yeah. uh,
1: bought it and you know it, it 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 was just funny because on you know whereas Mountain goat wanted to go to the ends of the earth to avoid saying they get their beer made at Leverton, <laughs> um you know we sort of thought this is just an example of Kent you know trying to get credibility for his failing brand by saying you know see you making my beer yeah, jump in
2: um, on the coattails of an actual big, and brand. trying to
1: give credibility because you know it's, it's not just contract brewing at a whichever contract operation, um, and then suddenly the ASX has picked it up, and the ASX has unquestioningly have uh, so done a story on it, which I'm a little bit Australia's leading financial. Oh, journalism. the AFR, you mean? Oh, AFR. ASX. Sorry, the AFR. <laughs> um, I was
2: like the ASX. Australian write Financial the Review. <laughs> yeah. the <Yeah>, Fin
1: Review. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, the one, the Fin Review. And saying that it was being made at Yadler, that was when our heads really started to spin because you're thinking he's talking about making maybe 2 million litres a year.
2: Yeah, not even, 1.7 million litres, 400,000 per quarter. And basically. that would be the
1: amount of beer that um, Yadler spills. Yadler makes a quarter <laughs> of the beer in Australia um, and that would be the amount that, you know, they, they it, lose off. It takes off that
0: much to, to prime the pump to to, <laughs> to <filter> over <laughs> the course of a year.
1: And you're sort of thinking just the business distraction for this. You know, what the hell is going on? Um, and why would they, you know, because the, the volumes he's talking about wouldn't even fill their one of their tanks. Yeah. And from a uh, reputational uh, 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 standpoint. From a repu- and, and all of that.
2: <laughs> would you associate yourself with brew, of old people?
1: Particularly when there's no volume. But anyway, so, so, yeah. like, so, so we it was just, it was fascinating. But then, you know, as always happens, we, you know, so we wrote about it and got an interesting text. And apparently um, this magic... Queensland distribution agreement that uh, Kent Scott in Queensland that has <laughs> certainly not translated into dollars in the business's bottom line. But he was talking about a two million litre contract arrangement. Um, with Just
2: for Queensland. Just
1: for Queensland with one distributor. And if you're talking about a small craft brewer, two million litres, I, I think I read on the Black Hops um, blog, you know, there is a crossing over the one to one and a half million litres, you're having to expand, but you're not making any profit. You know, two million litres would just be... Uh, there aren't many craft brewers that are making two million litres of beer a year. Um, but apparently, uh, the distributor in Bundy loves brew. He can't keep it on the shelves. He could sell more. Um, and and the, the, um, he's convinced it's some sort of a scheme, but they keep selling it to him cheap, so he's not worried. So
2: <laughs> Super cheap. $35 a carton, they're selling it for You it, can't Mr. see it brewery. ranged
1: anywhere. It seems to be one of those floor stock specials, you know, and, and I've seen it advertised in the Mildura Brewery at $35. Who wouldn't buy beer at $35 a carton? Yeah. But it just doesn't make sense from a business point of view because he can't be making money.
0: Well, well there's about 20, $26 of that is
1: excise. Yes, yeah. yeah, so exactly, oh, yeah.
2: exactly. So, how is he making any money off this? And, and how is he paying
1: CUB? I was actually kicking myself last night when somebody weighed in. I. I oh, it was on the Facebook page. It was on the Facebook know. page.
2: Uh, Mark Hubbard says, "What a great business model! Take Carlton Draft Drag, stick your label on it, and wait. What? I can't remember what I was going <laughs> with this. Maybe there is huge." Jo- Market opportunity for rebranded Carlton.
1: <laughs> Full credit to him because I was trying to think: how does this work as a business model for Cub? Mm. How does this work as a business model for brew, particularly when for just the distraction it would be for them to brew to his recipe, um, and it, it because for their brewers it, w- it would just be a waste of time for for the amount of volume, unless of course they are just. Home branding, you know, they are just, um, it, 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 it's a naked um, bottle that they're just whacking into his cans for something that they're already brewing. So all they need to do is add some cans for, you know, Great Northern, Carlton Draft, VB, or whatever. Because when you look at the, the, the production cost of, of what they're doing, you know, if they're selling VB at 260 $280 a keg before rebate, if you're a publican who's selling volume, and if you're buying 2 million litres of it a year as a publican, you are going to get a pretty steep discount uh, in terms of a rebate. That's the only way I can see this deal working. And even then, you're sort of wondering why CUB would be doing it, except it's a volume play for them because none of their breweries are operating it um, anywhere near production. So what do you think of that hot take, Pete? And, and again, like I, I preface, or I, what do you call it when you say it afterwards? after us a caveat (laughs) uh, after us (laughs) by um, (laughs) by by saying that this is all speculation we don't know Um, and we're sort of trying to divine the internal machinations of brew and CUB but the mind business, boggles. The mind boggles at, at this. <laughs> but uh, so, so what, what, what's your thought, Pete? Yeah, my initial reaction was that I
0: thought, okay, you're obviously trying to free up production at, at Mildura, or like to, to basically to close it down.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. That that's Again, that, that's a given, I, I think, from this if story. Can, yeah,
0: if I can go back to – this hasn't worked, so let's go back to getting somebody else, anyone else. It doesn't matter. Just, just get the beer out there and, and sell it cheap to keep the – the turnover ticking. I guess I don't
1: know. But when they when they bought Mildura, you know, at, at ten million, you know, when they got their ten million dollar raise. They bought Mildura um, that had been on the market for some um, considerable period of time. They bought it, and they were sort of saying how awesome it's going to be that they're bringing, you know, control in house, and they're going to get the benefits of you know the cost benefits of brewing themselves. And then suddenly they're sort of saying, isn't this awesome? We're now contract brewing brackets mm. again and we're getting the benefits that come with uh, contract brewing.
0: I remember speaking to Stefano. Um, yeah, the, the tyranny of distance is basically what adds so much to, you know, Mildura is fine if you have uh, a, a little boutique, you know, a brew pub mm-hmm. um, servicing the, the tourists. But mm. once you want to take that beer out of there, it's just an expense in terms of your road freight and all that sort of thing because it's just so far from anywhere. And and that that was the big issue. Um, so yeah, you were never going to create a national brand by building a you know a brewery in a desert.
1: Yeah, uh, unless it's a, it's servicing the the local tourism market. But that's where you know there, there are just so many questions that are being raised by this. You know, why would CUB uh, do this? You know, I, I can see it from Bruce's point of view. If they can just buy, you know, um, plain label uh, VB or Carlton Draft, throw it in a brew can at Yadala, truck it up to this um distribution area that is in a you know sort of lower socio economic, you know, he just adds a couple of dollars per carton for his costs. It gives him some cash flow that he can put on that just keeps the uh business afloat. It's it's not growing the business, it's not developing the business, you know, it it's not making the business profitable, but it just keeps it ticking over so he's got something to report on next quarter while he gradually uh dilutes his own shareholding.
2: Yeah. Because he's well under 50% now, so and he's been selling them off for the past six months at least. So Kent will be looking for door.
1: But uh, yeah, keep keep, uh, yeah. <laughs> keep the hot tips coming because yeah, it's, it's just Yeah, we love it. We love it. <sighs> the Kardashians have delivered <laughs> it. The Kardashians of the beer world have that. delivered it again.
2: That.
0: <laughs> uh, next story, Lion. Uh, Bruce had a go when CUB, so it's only fair <laughs> that we... Uh, equal opportunity. (laughs) Uh, Lion signals US plans with an MD move. Matt Tapper, the Australian-based managing director of Little World Beverages, is moving to the US to continue the acquisitive work of the company's departing North American boss. As reported in the US brewing publication Brewbound, Simon Thorpe, who headed the North American craft beer division of Lion, is moving on after an 18-month contract in the role. Matt Tapper is Sydney-based at the moment. He'll move to the US alongside a team from Lion as part of a pre-existing plans, which were delayed due to COVID-19. I don't know
1: if you'd want to be moving to the US just at the minute, would you? But I, well, it, he, he was planning to earlier. Yeah, um, so
2: you can't say no now, really.
1: So yeah, I, I, like I don't think he's got his bags packed yet, but the plan is that he's going to be over there um, managing it. And, and again, not not much really to add in terms of discussion about this, other than um, it, it does, sh- you know, underline that uh, Lion's plans in the US aren't finished. You know, they've got the expanding Little Creatures chain uh, that is open in San Fran.
2: And he even dangled a few, like, we're going to be making some acquisitions, uh, acquisition announcements in the coming six or 12 months or something like that. So that'll be an interesting um, strategy to follow, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do over there. um, Because they they do have New Belgium, um, which they're sort of starting to increasingly promote. And they also got Magnolia, um, which they acquired as part of the new belgium um acquisition um so yeah it, it'll be interesting to so watch this space and uh interestingly i had a i was part of a conversation yesterday with um Garrett oliver um who they're, they're launching black ops um which is the uh brooklyn you know, special, ultra special release um imperial stout that's barrel aged and you know it, i didn 't get the chance to ask him the question because uh, Garrett 's such a raconteur that we had a half an hour with him, and twenty five and a half minutes was uh, Garrett telling the story of uh, black ops um, but I, I was very interested in asking you know what what it means for a brewery like Brooklyn that is twenty four and a half percent owned by Kieran which keeps them members of the Brewers Association in the US, but then they're distributed in, in, in Australia by Lyme. So, um, yeah, just I- interesting to see what Lyme's uh, international expansion plans are.
0: And they were still looking at, uh, when we were speaking to the guys when we visited, Matt, that they were looking at um, partnerships to, to get the, the Creatures, because at the moment the Creatures' beers, uh, apart from the specialty keg-only stuff that they're doing at the San Francisco uh, brew pub, uh, everything else is being shipped over. By container, and so they're looking at, at someone local who can um, produce the beer. So I don't know whether they've that, that. presumably is part of the plan.
1: Yeah, that you'd have to imagine that that would be New Belgium because you know, as a as a huge um, you know lover of little creatures in Australia, when it's fresh, tasting it in San Fran when it was pretty tired it was a huge disappointment, and makes you wonder why would anyone. In San Francisco, go there to drink little creatures pale ale. When within a you know a home run of that you know, a home run hit of that base, there's half a dozen breweries that you can sort of get fresh pale ales from. So you'd imagine that they would, if not already, um, very soon be brewing out of um, New Belgium.
0: Yeah, presumably that's that that's the way it will go. Um, now speaking of IPAs. Um, Is IPA IPA dead? Uh, One of New Zealand's leading brewers forecasts the destruction of bitter beers in the wake of the influential Malthouse West Coast IPA challenge. Uh, I'm assuming it's Kelly Ryan. Uh, The annual contest to find New Zealand's best West Coast IPA is run by the Malthouse Bar in Wellington. It's regarded as the most important competition in New Zealand in terms of setting the direction for the style. It was taken out by uh, Behemoth Spears' Here's Churley. Um, it's the 13th year that this has been running, and the challenge attracted 31 entries, but many judges expressed disappointment at the interpretation of the style. Quote, around 80% didn't fit the bill. They didn't have the bitterness, Ryan said. I'm, sh- I'm assuming that's Kelly Ryan.
1: Kelly Ryan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I have to say, for, for the commenters, this wasn't an article shit canning um, whatever you know double dry hopped thing that you're drinking now and you're loving the point of this story is west coast ipa is a relatively settled upon beer style that when you put west coast ipa on your label it should be just like a pilsner if you put a pilsner on a label and it is you know um hazy and done with uh, and dark and, and and dark and and not bitter and not bitter then I'm sorry, it's not a pilsner. Hashtag not a pilsner. Yeah, it's not saying you're and, not and enjoying that's a, it.
0: That's, that's a good <laughs> comparison because the whole point of a West Coast IPA, and this is the multi-house West Coast IPA, IPA challenge. challenge yeah. It should be clear. It should be pale. Um, it should relatively be relatively dry with, with, compared yeah, to the West
1: Coast style, East,
0: East yeah. Coast style. Sorry. And most importantly, bitter.
1: Yeah, so
0: I can only assume that that of the thirty-one entries, many were in the hazy style, like like going for the the fruit juice rather than
1: bitterness. And look, you know, Pete, we're, we're always conscious of being Statler and Waldorf and the cranky old men. And back in my day, we wore an onion on our belt and all of that sort of thing. And you know, even having Claire and occasionally Jimmy uh, on the podcast can't save us from that. <laughs>
0: But there is a well. Difference. No, I, I like to think of as protectors of the heritage. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <but laughs> there tellers is, of stories. Th- th- there know, was a vast the, difference. The oral tradition. Yeah,
1: like that. Between being the couple of old dudes on a uh, park bench, saying things were better in my day, and being the old dude sitting on the park bench saying, "Haven't things changed since this time?" Um, or saying, mm. "You know," or saying, "You know," back in my day, a pilsner was a pilsner. Um, not saying beer was better. It's just saying a Pilsner is a Pilsner. And that's hopefully what we're doing. And it was, it was interesting that um that was the takeaway from the the, the West Coast Challenge is that it was – that that article was purely designed to show that as styles evolved and it, it made a point of saying we're making what consumers want in adapting the style, but as a result, this thing that was once once an agreed-upon style is no longer – necessarily being made to that style you know and 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 when people are entering a beer as that style it's it's very different to what that soul once was so is it still a style
0: yeah and you're right it's it's not criticism but it's 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 this thing with okay we've created this thing called india pale ale Mm. it's it's then developed into uh you know it, it was dead for a long while after taking you know if you listen to say good friend of the program, Martin Cornell, Um, you know, 300, 400 years, it it developed. It wasn't like invented because empty ships were and all that sort of stuff. It it, it developed over time. But then it pretty much was forgotten about as lagers became so much more popular. Then all of a sudden, you know, you go back to the eighties and Sierra Nevada and and those uh, breweries who really, I guess, put it back in the spotlight it then became okay so it's it's still an ipa but this is now like an american style ipa um then it was we'll we'll try something different again because we've come up with new technology let's say enzymes so now we have brute ipa we, we don't still just call it ipa and same same with pilsner if pilsner was to oh what if, we, what if we did this with it we wouldn't keep calling it pilsner i don't think and i think as a community as an industry, we owe it to ourselves and to the drinkers in the future to delineate. You know, we've done it so well with, you know, uh, you go back AIBAs 20 years ago and pale ale would just be, there'd be a Belgian style pale ale, there'd be an Australian pale ale, there'd be Coopers, there'd be, you know, an American pale ale. Now, all of those have become so much more popular and so much more defined in their subcategories that we now have subcategories for it. So if Pilsner was to change, we wouldn't keep calling it Pilsner. We'd call it something, you
1: know. Ah, maybe so Re-
2: rebrand. We like. Or, we, we want uh, to do that
1: in, in the early days of the the, the craft brewing, brewing movement. You've got Pilsner, which tends to be, um, you know, made with noble hops um, from Bohemia. Um, you know, Sars is is the classic hop.
0: Suts or yep, Suts. Styrian Goldings. That's when.
1: Styrian- New Zealand brewers started uh, making, and Emerson's Pilsner made a, 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 a beautiful, beautiful Pilsner with New Zealand hops, but didn't call it a Pilsner. He signified that it was made with New Zealand new hops by calling Pilsner. it a New World Pilsner. So as a consumer, and I go back to Stephen Beaumont's you know, uh, uh, style is an informal agreement between a brewer and the customer, so the customer knows what they're going to pick up, um, you know, knows what they're buying. And that's what the the, the style description is. It's also very handy if you're entering beer into a um, competition that you know what category to enter into. And also, you know, that if if, if you purport to be making a Pilsner, um, for example, that here is the style, I am a good enough brewer that I can use my ingredients, my pots and pans to direct something to that style. If you walked into a restaurant and you sort of said, could I have carbonara? um And you ended up with beef strog, you'd be a little bit upset. Um, and unfortunately, that's what some brewers are doing these days.
0: Yeah, and and to your point, Matt, with the with the competitions, ignore the fact that you're trying to win a medal. Look at the fact that if you are trying to benchmark your product against other like products, then they've all got to be batched according to the same thing. And and if you know a few years ago there was, you know, there were fewer categories of pills. Now there's now new world. There's now international. There's now Bohemian. There's now German. There's now, there might be another one that I'm, that I can't think of. Um, But yeah, we need to hold on to some of those things. And if, if, you're entering West Coast IPAs and they're not bitter, then I'm sorry, it's, that's not a West Coast
1: IPA. <laughs> and I know that we've gone so far from the topic as much as you just tried to take it back there, Pete Mitchum. Um, just <laughs> but we keep We're outdoor cats, mate. Mad. <laughs> you know,
0: having to carry you guys. But let, let, me, let me just say, like, there are people out there who can, who, you know, can help in this, in, in this sort of thing. And what we're basically talking about is you know, brewing great beer takes time and is, and is considered artistry, by brewers um, polishing the art expanding for the future well that can be made easier with fluidic controls and automation of your processes matt and claire which enables <laughs> more time for craft brewing density and flavors instead of just stirring the mix do you know who can help burkett burkett can help burkett supports the australian customers with single cable technology for future proofing their tomorrow now that's smart
1: we need a sound effect that? for that we, we, we? We? we do I, uh, pete <laughs> I I know that Claire and I are pleased to have you back, but our advertisers are as well. The people who make this possible are pleased to have you back with your seamless professionalism. But if you want to find out a little bit more about Burkitt, there's a link in the show notes and you can certainly uh, click through and learn a little bit more about how their fluid uh, control systems can help you in the brew house.
0: I do certainly, as a person who uh, is in lockdown version 3.0 down here in, in Victoria, um, oh, and please, Sictoria, all those keep them coming. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'm reminded, particularly when everybody's working, uh, the, the the thing they say, t- the single cable technology. I I might actually give them a call and see if they can, <laughs> if if it's not just for brewing. I wonder if it can <laughs> if, if if it can work in the home office slash school situation. Because <laughs> cables, cables are the bane of my life.
2: Understandable.
0: Yeah, but anyway, uh, let's move on, shall we? Um, Another one that uh, crops up quite a bit, but uh, close calls as ABAC beer complaints are dismissed. Uh, An ABAC panel has made a quartet of judgments on Pirate Life, Hawker's Beer, Brookvale Union and Heineken Marketing Communications after a stint in which brewers were largely absent from complaints. So we're back, but we're getting dismissed. And also
2: only one Indie, one Independent. uh, Yes,
0: Yeah, Uh, and uh, and welcome Hawkers. Hawkers, I think, might, might be their first.
2: I haven't encountered them before. I don't think, I think the... that's the first
0: time they've been called into the principal's office. I think
2: so. <laughs> and yeah, they they were okay. They were good. Um, so yeah, everyone got dismissed, which is amazing. Yeah.
0: So these ones mm. are, they cover social media posts, packaging, and a television advertisement featuring Heineken 0.0, The latter highlighting the confusion over marketing non-alcoholic brands which are associated with alcoholic beverages and companies. Uh, so the four in order: uh, Pirate Life, Apple and Guava Sour, uh, the packaging. Uh, The complaint was the packaging appealed to minors. Dismissed. Hawker's Instagram post showing a beer floating in a pool. Dismissed. Heineken 0.0 while driving. Dismissed. And Four Pines owned Brookvale Union's Grapefruit Seltzer. Use of the word boozy promotes drinking significant amounts of alcohol, and that was dismissed.
1: But it was upheld in the Brews News newsroom. Boozy should never be used applied for a My product that you want to be taken seriously boozy. in the marketplace. yeah. <laughs> no anyway, boozy. I've, just, I've, I've
0: just got uh, Jade Flavel on the other <laughs> line, and she's saying nah, no problem with it at all. It's a bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, was interesting to see that yeah the complaints are, are still coming in and, and it's it's clearly a targeted like nobody's looking at any of these. Um and, and look it, the whole point of us doing this, go and read the story because it, it it is the breakdown it really gives some insight, awesome I guess. Some
1: summaries of, of of so you don't have to read the judgment yourself. yourself. Yeah,
2: because they are exceedingly boring to read. <laughs> the thing about yeah. this
1: when you look at the complaints in Toto is this is the anti-alcohol lobby using the ABAC code, which they heavily criticise, but they're using it to litigate rules that the industry has to, you know, by, by complaining, you know, every time um, it, it's been established that you know, pirate life when they had the guy holding the can of water, you know, in in, in the ocean, that was upheld as promoting irresponsible behaviour. Anyone that's been in a pool, um, you know, it's been upheld. Now you've got a can of drink just in a fountain. And they're sort of saying, that's promoting. So they are incrementally, as soon as they get one win, then they look at the next logical step. Well, what's the next thing that we can yeah. do?
2: And it builds, like, case presidents up, doesn't it? Like, that's exactly what they're ha- doing. And you have to mm. agree with your previous judgments and you have to you make sure your new ones conform to that.
1: Conform to that and because it becomes... And so, so that's where, and I'll say it, it shits me to tears, that FAIR will not give credit to ABAC for having a meaningful code of conduct that is changing the way that brewers um, and the, the, the alcohol industry markets itself. It is actually an effective code. Um, but they won't credit that, even though that they are using the code to, you know, tighten the definitions of it. So th- so that's one thing. The other thing is, um, because we have the best Facebook group in beer uh, in the country. The known universe. Uh, well, just, uh, well, let, let, let's, let's not sort of get into <laughs> hyperbole, Pete. Um, but the, the Radio Brewers News Facebook group, James Omond, um, who is a intellectual property lawyer and, uh, you know great thinker of of beer noted about these um, in his comments I wonder if there is a subtle shift in ABAC decisions the fixation squish submissions pointed out and provided some evidence that fruit drinks are generally in plastic bottles or tetra slash primer packs uh, but no regard was had to this it also called out the product very prominently as an IPA but again ABAC said that wouldn't be recognized by the general public as a beer and uh, we've reported on that um, decision in the past The Pirate Life packaging does not mention the word beer, but describes the style prominently on the can as a fruit sour, which could also be a lolly. But in deciding that the complaint was not upheld, ABAC said the product name and can design did not breach the standard because although the apple and guava name lends weight to the product, being confused with a soft drink, this is mitigated by the use of the packaging container, a can, whereas fruit juices are commonly packaged. So... To t- take um, Claire's point, there is litigation um, of, of the topics and precedents being set on um, both sides. But the colour palette, um, I think it was the Cheeky Monkey decision about two years ago, 18 months ago, the colour palette was um, determined. Pirate Life, you know, argued about colour palettes in, in this one. So, you know, it, all of this, yes, some of the complainants, um, you know, are pushing the boundaries in, in their complaints, but at the same time, it all of it adds up to ABAC being a very successful code, um, and fair should just climb back into their box when they <laughs> criticise it,
0: or whoever it is who's making the anonymous
1: complaints. Yes, yes, that's it. Well, no, keep, keep them again. coming, keep them coming, because it is making you know it, it's a waste of time for the breweries to have to respond. Yes, but at the same time, it proves that this voluntary code is actually effective.
0: It's it's working yeah, because it's harder exactly. and harder
1: for them. Because when you look at the the reducing number of complaints against brewers. Mm-hmm the fewer that are actually getting um, yeah. upheld uh, and how far into social media timelines they're having to go. Oh, my
2: God. That Hawker's that Instagram post was October 2019, mm. so good six-plus months ago. And, and,
1: and, and again, so, so they've completely gone through Pirate Life's historical timeline, can find nothing. Now they're going into someone who has had no complaint against them And having to go back almost a year to try and find something that they can complain against. Mm -hmm. So brewers, go back through your timelines, delete anything that you've seen complained about. Mm -hmm. But it just shows that the code is working. The industry is getting its house in order and giving very little fuel for people to complain about.
2: Exactly.
0: It it does highlight that um, if you're getting your your packaging and your labelling right, then you probably don't need to call 1300 852 235 and speak to the guys at Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging. But (laughs) if you would like to perhaps refresh your brand, or if you're perhaps looking at um, – maybe maybe you've sat around the office and, and said to each other, I don't know if these self-adhesive labels on our bottles and cans are, are a sustainable solution for our packaging needs. Um, so if you call the guys at Rowling's Label Stickers and Packaging, uh, you can discuss your options with them. Uh, they'll walk you through the various options and um, you know that are more sustainable.
1: Another use case scenario um, for – you know shrink wrap sleeves would be you know say you are a hypothetical major brewer that has a brewery that makes over forty million liters of beer a year,
0: but you need just a lazy two million. And and and, and and and
1: and somebody comes along, you know, cap in hand, so says, look, could we just take a little bit of your, and so you just sort of run it um, through the packaging Lisa, line, sir.
0: I want one point seven million <laughs>
1: liters more, and then you can just shrink wrap, um, you know, labels that describe your brew, you your know. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if Relics um, could help out in in that sort of case. Get paid I, first. I think they would be the ones to call. What number would Definitely. you call if if, if 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 you were wanting to repackage your brew? That number again, off the top of my
0: head, and two weeks <laughs> out, so I'm a bit rusty, but I'm going to say one three hundred eight five two two three five.
2: Yes, smashed it.
0: I do often say it in my sleep, so there we go. <laughs> one brewer who does not need to up their pack well they probably will need to up their packaging because they're opening a new venue uh, and perhaps surprisingly for the first time in their home state gauge roads is to open a wa venue they've announced they'll be opening their first west coast venue in Fremantle. uh the brewery told the asx this morning that it would be developing the site on victoria key at Fremantle Harbour. They've agreed to lease the site in a long-term deal with favourable incentives for the 100-year-old venue known as A-Shed, which will be used to develop a significant hospitality and brewery venue. Uh, project estimates uh, between 6 and $10 million, and Gage will commence construction with a view to
1: opening the venue doors in the summer of 2022. I don't know about you, Pete, this sounds a little bit like, gee, that felon seems to have done pretty well.
2: Ah, oh, how did I not make that connection? Yeah. You're so right because it looks like, and it looks strangely well, similar. Well, it's,
0: it, it's, it's also Falons. it's a nine minute walk from a reasonably well established uh, and quite popular similar venue. Mm. Um, I, I wonder whether that's and look, yeah, perhaps looking at the at the Fallon's model compared to because the neighbour, obviously the little creatures, um, is pretty much landlocked and waterlocked so it, it can't it can't, it can't get expand any, mm-hmm. yeah. it can't get any bigger uh, which look it is part of its its charm as well but um it'll be very interesting to say, i think it's i think it's far enough away from creatures that it will you know crowd brings a crowd mm-hmm. um but it's close enough and uh, google mapped it a nine minute walk two minute drive so that if you you know are in that area, it gives you another option of, of somewhere else to go.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I spoke to Aaron Harry for this one, um, the Chief Operations Officer at Gage, and he was like, well, we want to make a little bit more of a community on this part of Fremantle, um, you know, brewery tours and things like that. Um, be a nice way to include that area that is really underdeveloped. Um, and I believe there's loads of tourists there because I think that's the ferry crossing point it's, for Rotnest, isn't it?
0: For Rotnest, yeah, there's the yeah. ferry terminal to, uh, to Rotto.
2: Yeah.
1: Interesting uh, observation that I've had uh, in discussion with somebody is they haven't had a brewery, like they haven't had a venue themselves in Perth, which is their home base. They've been very aggressive. You know, they've got the Optus Stadium contract, which has been great for volume, um, not at great margin, but in terms of getting brand in hand. Um, strategy
0: establishing the brand, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure.
1: The the one thing that uh, was pointed out is that Frio is flooded with pubs. is a bit of a you know um, weekender uh, um, destination for you know for, for tourists, but then also um, Perth locals. It's, it's got a lot of pubs, and having a major venue like this is going to suddenly bring Gauge into competition with a lot of pubs. And will that hurt their draft sales? You know, you end up competing with your customers.
2: Uh, I mean it's the same yeah. we we talk about it quite regularly how to make that balance because I assume that Gage will be like these venues will be some of Gage's suppliers um, or they'll supply to them sorry so I'm, you've got to juggle thing. it haven't you you've uh, got to work out a way of doing without offending them most breweries them. take
1: a fairly small you know it, it, if they have a consumer outreach venue like in, in Stone and Wood in Brisbane um, is an example it's very small it's a way that you can keep in touch with the venue with, with, with the brand um, that uh, is is down in Byron Bay, you know, you you, you can touch the brewery, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's a still, little slice of that brand. It's still very very yeah. small. They they use it as an outreach centre to train hospitality staff it, everywhere, mm-hmm. so it's not seen as being a massive competitor for venues that are stocking it. Um, when you build a ten million dollar hospitality venue in the heart of a pub district. Um, and and I, I don't know how strongly uh, Gage's brand is, um, you know, how strongly Gage is supported by the, by the pubs down there. Um, but it, 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 you know, it was one of the, just one of the observations that one of the WA brewers um, had.
2: From what I understand, it's a little bit out of the way in comparison to other people because there's a train line or something. Which actually makes you
1: it, you know, a little bit like felons um, in, in, in Brisbane. You know, everyone said you're mad to go there because it's so out of the way but by having such a great venue in a great location it actually has changed the gravity of the yes. city and dragged people yeah. um so to the people
2: Smith Wharves, yeah. yeah so
0: yeah you you become the the destination
1: you become the destination and south bank you know th- there were a whole lot of stories 12 months after Felons opened about how south bank um the two, you know the, the the foot traffic in south bank is down because a venue 3 kilometres away um has taken everybody to that side of the city um and, you know, it, it, it'll it be really interesting to see. And, uh, you know, the, the gauge share price um, has, has <laughs> it's been still under... S-
2: it's still quite sad, isn't it? Yeah. Why? It, I don't understand.
1: Uh, I mean, it, it's certainly down from its highs, but let me see, you know, and it's still, like, it's actually fallen um, since the announcement, you know, by uh, a small amount, it's but so it's weird. still sitting under five cents, which is, uh, <laughs> when you look at brew... Uh, Brew took a huge jump yesterday. <laughs> climbed half a cent. Um, yeah, because
2: of the name, like we talked about, because the they've got CUB tacked onto it, and yeah. everyone thinks, oh, they're legitimate.
1: They're not going to make any money from it, but anyway. So it'll be interesting to see how Gage goes with this uh, with, 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 with this strategy. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh, before we go, on, our last story. What, can you? What's that smell? Uh, what smell? It, can you smell something? It smells like it a burst.
2: Be <laughs> it better not be some sort of perfume.
1: Thank you, Pete. Yes, this is breaking news, courtesy of our uh, Facebook group. I did hear this on on
0: uh, on the wireless this morning. That um, and and look, I always it, it was funny because I, I was just laughing to myself yesterday. I heard an ad for Chemist Warehouse for. Um, uh, Warn SW twenty so like three. Yeah, Shane Warn, and I thought, first shame of all, worn. why would you want to? Why would you want to smell like Warney?
2: In his defence, he was with Elizabeth Hurley for a while. How did that happen? That was Shane Warn,
1: wasn't it? That was Shane. That was Warnie. Yeah, you. maybe yeah. it's because
2: he smells nice. Uh, Victoria Bitter introduces thirst, a scent by B. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria Bitter is launching thirst to help hardworking Australians like get from the worksite to knock off drinks even if that's the bar at home for now. This is very weird press release. The brewers at VB partnered with leading Australian perfumers to create a big, no, 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 bold... No, 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 no.
1: no. We, uh, sorry, uh, I'm, oh, reading from, I'm reading from the news story oh, yeah. because you, you can't bury the lead. We linked our brewers up with perfumers <laughs> From chemist warehouse.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: they did Yeah, they don't even mention that till way down the bottom of this press release. To create a big bold scent that is crafted with premium perfume oil, along with the essence of Australian Super Pride hops used to brew Victoria. At bitter. least
1: one of the products carrying the VB name has the essence of Super Pride hops these days. <laughs> yes.
2: The perfect scent so this. is this, is for is hard this maybe for history? piss?
1: Head. I just
0: worked this out. This is so that blokes who get a skin come home and the missus goes. You've been out or not. You smell like a brewery. No, Dale, I haven't had, a, haven't had a drink. I'm just wearing
1: oh, first. No, it, it's not going to smell like beer. It, and and they, they actually say it's not going to smell like beer. But you know, one of the, the, the observations from the marketing director, I know at first it sounds odd, but VB is one of those brands that people really love. VB has always been about hard work and working up a sweat. And now we can solve both your thirst and your odour. That is the essence of the story. That is the essence of the story, to coin a phrase. Um, oh my
2: god! I just I'm reading this and it's mad. It enhances that perfect knockoff moment: a spray of thirst followed by an ice-cold VB at the pub with your mates.
1: But it, it's not going to smell terrifying. like beer, and it, you know, Reshe's is, is a case study in this. It, it, it's about the brand, and I don't know if everyone listened back to the um, Adam Ferrier podcast that I sort of dug up and republished this week because it's it, it, it's fascinating. You know, it, it, it's looking at this the, the strength of brand. Brand isn't about product. Brand is about us. And, yeah, it's not uh, about
2: quality or provenance. It's about nostalgia yeah. and your perception.
0: And, and it's also about signaling to others what you wear, what you drink, mm-hmm. what you what do. What your values reflects. are. Yeah. Exactly. So Odd- I'm reflecting the values of the brand.
1: Oddly enough, I would actually suggest that, VB was the wrong brand to do if they wanted to make a serious play of this, because it's a declining brand. You've got rusted on drinkers. You don't have passionate advocates um, for VB. You, I don't know if, if if you guys are members of the the, the rushes society, but you look at the mad blind passion of those guys.
2: The merch they buy, the bars they go to just to find rushes. That is passion and loyalty. That's what you want. In yeah. a hug. Crazy fan base.
1: So, anyway. I want to try it. I'm just picturing, you know, you're... I, I, <laughs> is it unisex? But you, you, you're a young bloke and, you know, your girlfriend goes to the cabinet in your bathroom and sees the VB-shaped aftershave <laughs> you're container. You're making
2: me think it's going to be in a can. Like no, it is. A, have you seen the photo? No, like I haven't seen the photo yet. Yeah, it,
0: it's... It's a, a little... Uh, oh, the bottle. Well, it's yeah, VB oh, like yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know whether but, it's yeah. a mini long neck because it's not the it's not the traditional
1: VB stubby, is it? Mm-mm. No,
2: no, it's that's much shorter and stockier, isn't it?
1: Anyway, I, I think we've already given this far too much <laughs> airtime.
2: Anywho.
0: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of CUB, Asahi Premium Beverages is to combine with CUB. Hot on the heels of the official acquisition of CUB by Asahi Beverages, it has been announced that Asahi Premium Beverages and Carlton and United Breweries will now operate under the CUB brand. Group CEO of Asahi Beverages Oceania said that the merging will make it easier for suppliers and partners to do business with the company.
2: Yes. So I don't think some people on the Facebook the. General Facebook page read this story because they were like, "Oh, is this is this new news?" And I was like, "No, that's the point." Is that <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, actually, it is. It,
1: it because ever since Asahi announced that was buying CUB and going through the regulatory mm. hurdles, trying to find out, well, how's it, how's this business going to operate? You know, how is it going to operate? Are you going to keep Asahi beverage, you know, alcoholic beverages separate to CUB alcoholic beverages because you've got Green Beacon and Mountain Goat. Asahi, you know, how's it going to go? And So they're they're still working through the internal issues about how they're going to do it. So Asahi Beverages is is now all of their soft drinks and other things and all of the alcohol is under CUB. Um, So it's not a huge story, but it does answer some of those questions about how the business is going to operate. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Uh, which leads us nicely, unless you have any other breaking perfume-based news, uh, into (laughs) the mailbag. Uh, now, don't forget you can uh, throw us a bone in many numbers of ways. Um, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcasting app. Uh, don't forget, it costs nothing, but it does help other people to find us. All letter writers will receive a Deb Bakes cookie and they go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel who sponsor our letter of the week. Claire, what's in the mailbag this week? Hmm.
2: Dave Baker on the um, Facebook page says... Oh, it's regarding the IPA one. I thought that was why the XBA was born, to bridge that gap between too hoppy for pale and not bitter enough for IPA, which is interesting because Capital just launched a new core range beer, which was an XBA. And I've heard of like what's going on with XBAs at the minute. Are people liking them? Are people not liking them? They've clearly invested in an XBA thinking it would be a goer.
0: This really does show how, you know, how we name beers and creating style is actually important. So it, there's no such thing as XPA. And, and as Dave points out, he thought XPA was born to bridge the gap between too hoppy for pale and not bitter enough for IPA. Well, no, because some were just uh, meant to be, well, an extra pale ale, but it's still 5%. Or uh, it's extra pale as Dave suggests, so yes, it's it's sort of it's not full on IPA, but it's it's more than what we used to call, say, golden ale or, or pale ale. Um, but there's still there's no it, all the XPA's and um, Filter's is a good example. I think filter is entered in AIBA's as international pale ale. So there's, there's there's still no XPA doesn't exist as a, uh, but but it's a, it, it can be extra pale, or it can be an extra pale ale.
1: And instantly, Pete, you know, the, the the fact that as invested knowledgeable beer people we're having this discussion this just confirms for me you know something i've been thinking for uh, you know an extended period of time the craft beer is speeding the wrong way you know um one-way alley um that it's just driving itself down a relevance boulevard uh, you know with these naming conventions because the average beer drinker which is Ninety to ninety-five percent of beer drinkers wants to be able to go into a shop, buy a beer that they know what they're going to get. Even if they're going to experiment, they still want to pick up something that says something on the label that was the same thing that it is a very identifiable thing to what they had last time, yep. just different. And because the risk of embarrassing yourself is too great. Well, just the risk of not enjoying it. Because at, at mm. the price that craft beer is charging if you go in and have enough bad experiences, you're just going to stop buying it and you're going to go, you know, I know what Little Creatures Pale Ale is. Um, You know, I I know what that style is. And if every time you go pick up an XPA or an IPA, um, you know, it's different. Unless you are an invested consumer who wants to go on the journey of discovery that involves self-education, you just... and, And then when you layer that with just the tyranny of choice i remember there was a study and then there was a book about the tyranny of choice that retailers that had the sample tables out the front and if you had 15 um, different types of salt or 15 different types of jam people would come along and they would try it but then they wouldn't buy it because they would know that there was something there that they liked but they couldn't make a decision amongst the 15. If you had four jams there and you got to taste them then your chance of having a sale was much bigger Um, and that you know that's a a very complicated idea but the tyranny of choice is a very very real thing and craft beer is so hard and so complicated for people who don't want to invest time in what is a fast-moving consumer good to research then they're just going to completely skip the category, and you know, if we can't even agree what an XPA is, instantly, Pete, your article that you wrote, what was it, five years ago, four years ago, about what is an XPA, mm-hmm. is one of the highest organic um, search yeah, results. Still ranks because people every month. are still trying to work out what the f is a XPA.
0: Because <laughs> mm. at least with Goldnail to the, to that to that point. You can, okay, well, I'm expecting a golden-coloured beer and not particularly hoppy, but not particularly malty. But XPA, it, 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 X is that whole, you know, that unknown quantity. Yeah. And, and as I say, for, for every brewer, it can mean a different thing. So every XPA that's out there can in and of itself be completely different to the other, which is why you can't have an XPA category because you're not comparing like to like.
1: But while craft beer wants to have these discussions about what is an XPA what is it? You know, uh, you know what is independence? Whether it should matter? Consumers are just walking on by um, and going and buy the beer that they want to drink. Um, and you know, it. it I, I just don't think that the the craft beer industry does itself any favors by making it so hard for the consumer to buy the product that they want. Yeah.
0: What else is in the mailbag, Claire?
2: Scott Seymour, posting on the p- Facebook page again. Um, on the ABAC rulings who is making these complaints how is it they get to remain anonymous while draining thousands of dollars worth of time and resources well Scott uh, (laughs) ABAC does not give out the names I think they do know but they don't publish those names um, probably because even just reading the comments on that ABAC uh, piece that we posted to Facebook um, gives you an idea of why they don't dox people effectively uh <laughs> do, do we think though <laughs> uh,
0: let's uh, look uh, let's say that which is must remain unsaid but if it if it is uh limited to a single body mm-hmm. they're not going to be doing it under a name it, 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 surely every complaint is going to be that they farm them out under, yeah. under different names and they
2: won't vet ABAC won't vet the complainants. They won't say, oh, they're associated with so-and-so, so this isn't a real complaint. They'll just accept all the complaints and filter As them I out. should. Yeah, exactly, and filter them out based on whether they're actually relevant to the code, because if you look at the quarterly reports, they might get 60 or 70 complaints, but only 20 or 30 will actually be relevant to... A, a, an applicable, and the rest of them are just either mad or they go to a different body or whatever the case may be. Um, but they do filter them out. It's not completely just random. At whoever wants to complain can complain. They do weed them out a little bit. Um, but I think it makes sense why that they do remain anonymous. I would like to personally know, um, <laughs> but I don't think they're going to tell me anytime soon. So we'll never know. No. We'll never know, guys. Is that is the is the answer to that question?
0: There we go. Uh, now. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever um, podcast platform that you you do listen to. Um, you can join the Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the so the password Soapbox. Uh, oh, no. no reviews this week, but we did have a follow up <laughs> on a review from last week, Claire.
2: Uh, yes, we did. Um, Heralgamin. <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is the one. We were all like, "Is that really his name?" Uh, it turns out his username is um, his username in gaming. So he in games, and that's his. Yeah, I'm not an old man, so I don't say video games. <laughs> like, sorry. Oh. <laughs> you know they don't do oh. it on video anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, and he left us a review and got in touch, uh, so I'm sure he'll be getting some treats very soon.
1: He ha- if, if he hasn't if he already. I oh, Actually, no, he hasn't because Sam is on leave. Our hamster, oh, our hamster is on holidays. Liz Moore homebrew but, champion, by um, the way,
2: who we work with. Um, hang on,
1: what was that?
0: Who's the Lismore homebrew champion?
2: Sam, R. Oh, Sam. Didn't we tell you in that? the commercials, oh, team? Yeah, yeah, he oh. he won it. He still got the trophy on his desk like eight months well later. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, well done, him. Go, Sam. Good on
0: him. Thank you very much to um, Malt, to
1: Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging, and to Burkett. Look in the show notes and you'll be able to find out more information about who they are and how they can help you.
0: Yeah, but as uh, if you are a brewer, obviously we we do speak to the industry and the industry is our audience. And so – uh rather than just taking any old coin, which we do anyway, but that's not being offered to us. But most of it that, that is 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 relevant to we think to to our listeners. So um you know if you do hear us talking somebody up, it's um there's a fair chance that um it's because we think that they can help you. Uh to Relling's label stickers and packaging and to beer cartel, our thanks and our thanks to you listeners. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Pete. And thank you, Claire. Cheers Pete. And say good day to Jimmy and say good day to Sam. So Sam, you're able to holiday, are eh? you? Like we we're you Well, know, he's um, just
2: gone to Outback Queensland. He's not moved, gone okay. anywhere else. Yeah. Well
0: that's that's further than we're allowed to go. <laughs> I
2: know. For day. our one hour a day. Is the you're allowed out, of,
0: out of solitary. Out into the exercise yard, exercise yard, exercise, exercise yard. <laughs> um, and uh, but luckily the weather's been reasonably nice, so oh, it hasn't good. been too bad.
2: Has it been stricter this time round with lockdown than last time
0: uh it is if you're behaving yourself. So if you if you're obeying the rules then yeah right. it's it's pretty strict mm-hmm. yes. and a shout out yeah to all the to the venues to the um you know bottle shops uh if you can if you're in in victoria uh look online and see if you can support uh, a local brewery um see if they're if they're delivering or if they're within the five ks um i've got a, a handful of uh, squealers that I'm hoping to refill, but one of them's 200 metres outside of uh, the 5Ks, so I, I can't get to them, um, so I'll have to hit up the other ones that are within the 5Ks. But yeah, no, it, it's it's pretty strict, That's crazy. If you, as I say, if, you, if you're doing the right thing.
2: Yeah, it's, it's mad that we're all at different levels of this. I, it's very hard to wrap your head around, I think, because we just waltz through yeah. our lives thinking, oh, it's all right, and then I'm worry about Victoria a lot. As long as you're okay there, Pete.
0: Yep, no, we're fine. Cool. Anyway, I've got to get back to school. uh, (laughs) Is that the bell? Kids aren't going to teach themselves. (laughs) That was, yeah, no, I had to, I muted the uh, microphone when the bell went. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, take care, and we'll see you all next week for next week's episode of Bruce News Week. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. And we're out. Boom.